Hello, beautiful people. It is episode 45 of the Worth More podcast, and I am your host, Cami Bleece, and so excited to be here today yet again, chatting with you about all things kind of health, lifestyle, self-love, and today we're kind of digging in a little deeper, and what I don't mean by like deep is like metaphorically deep, I mean literally internally within your body. I want to talk to you about gut health. I think that this is so important in regards to our overall lifestyle health, and I think that this is something that a lot of people can struggle with or have kind of issues with that they might not even realize. And so this episode will hopefully kind of give you some signs that maybe your gut health isn't in as great of shape as it could be, and how you can actually make it healthier, make it happier, and overall kind of resulting in a healthier and happier you. So that is going to be the focus of today's episode. I am getting so excited for Christmas coming up and getting to see my family again back in Texas. So we have just been running around like crazy, obviously kind of buying lots of fun gifts for everybody. But one of the things that I've done to, again, remind myself that I am worthy during this time is you bet I sure did bought myself my own gifts as well. And I kind of find it funny because I know like it can be sort of everybody makes a joke like oh one for you one for me one for you one for me and while I didn't do that specifically I have been really trying to lean into the idea of like okay there are things that I want and things that I want to do and I don't want to be somebody who just talks about doing them or getting them I want to be somebody who actually does it. And one of the silliest, simplest things that I bought myself this weekend was literally like roll-on perfume. I know. You're like, if I had to guess out of a hundred things what you bought this weekend, that would not have been on the top of the list. I get it. It's valid. It's random. But I've thought about it before. You know, I'm running around, I'm training clients, I'm working out, I'm doing all this stuff. And I love perfumes. I love smells. I love when TJ wears cologne. I like love it. And I don't want to just like carry around my like perfume bottle with me. So I was at Sephora today buying some of like the necessary things, right? Like it's so annoying to have to restock on like your moisturizer and your cleanser and all the things that you know you need, but you're like, ugh, it's like buying car stuff. Like I don't want to get my oil changed and pay for that, but it's maintenance. It's good for us. You know what isn't maintenance and necessary? roll-on perfume and that is why I treated myself to two different ones today or not today this weekend because of course I can't just buy one and be like oh that's enough no I wanted two different scents for different times when I wanted to carry it around I don't know just let me live y'all my budget my life but I bought two I bought one which was like this um I think Gucci Bloom very floral very light TJ had smelled it and really liked it and obviously I want him to think that I smell good so I bought that one and then the second one which I was so excited about was a brand I had never heard of but the brand was called Juliet has a gun and if you've heard of this brand let me know am I just like super behind on this like amazing brand trend smell it's awesome I bought the Sunny Side Up scent 
from Juliet Has a Gun. It smells amazing. It's much more woodsy and um, earthy. So it's totally different than the Gucci Bloom. So it's a nice balance. It's not a roller, it's a spray, but it's small so I can carry it in my bag with me. And literally I like love smelling it on myself. And it's funny because this smell there have been other people who have worn similar scents, and I've always really liked it when I've smelled it on them. But again, I've never bought myself that scent. I've smelled it before in other perfumes and been like, oh, maybe next time, maybe next time, and yet I never did. The joy that smelling this perfume has brought me is absurd, I will admit that, but I'm so glad I spent the like $28 and I bought it because the joy that it has brought me is totally worth every penny. So those are a couple little things that I bought for myself this weekend that have again continued to lean into the idea of like, what can I do to continue to be closer to the person I ideally want to be? And somebody who carries around beautiful smelling scents and smells like sunny side up perfume is that person. So I'm feeling worthy as heck as I head into this episode and I cannot wait for us to discuss all the good gut health stuff. So let's hear a quick note about our sponsor and then we'll get started. So to be completely honest, I kind of wanted to talk about gut health stuff because I personally struggle with this. I've always had kind of like stomach issues ever since I was a kid and I got some tests done back when I was like 17 and it was a little bit of blood work and basically the doctor told me that I was like very sensitive to or somewhat allergic to baker's yeast, brewer's yeast, eggs, dairy... And then like those were like the high ones, like the ones I was very much so reacting to all the way to like mustard and pomegranate and some other very, very random things. But the thing he kind of explained was like, because I have been maybe eating these types of foods for so long, my overall gut health was, my overall gut was just much more inflamed and irritated. So I was maybe getting these other little spikes or things were showing up a lot higher because overall it was just really sensitive. It was just picking up on everything. Whereas if it were kind of healthier and I wasn't eating as many of these foods that were irritating my gut, then these things wouldn't show up as maybe allergies at all, right? So it was really interesting, to be completely honest. I did very little with that information, and I have continued to eat all of those things. But part of my 2020 New Year's resolutions was to go to a gastroenterologist and really get tests run to understand why is my gut health the way that it is? What should I really be cautious of and aware of? And what can I do so that I can have an overall healthier functioning system? Our gut health is so important. And I'm sure that I've mentioned probiotics in past episodes and talking about gut health a little. So maybe you've heard a smidgy bit about it. If not, that's totally okay. Basically, when people refer to kind of like your gut, it's sort of this like your gastrointestinal system or like your gastrointestinal, man, that is like a slight tongue twister. Your gastrointestinal tract, digestive system, digestive tract. So it's essentially this group of organs that includes the mouth, esophagus, stomach, pancreas, liver, 
gallbladder, small intestine, colon, and rectum. So like our gut is this like very complicated thing. And I think I always just pictured it as like, oh, it's my stomach, but it isn't right. Like it's so much more than that. And because it's so much more than that, when something is kind of off, when something isn't working right, when something's really inflamed or we don't have the right kind of microbiome and the right bacteria within our system, then all these other things can start to not function properly as well. So I want to kind of help you understand maybe signs of an unhealthy gut just to get you started. Because I think some people are like, I don't know if my gut health is good or bad. I have no idea. Before I dig in too much, I want to preface, I am obviously not a doctor. I've never promised to be a doctor. So if you are struggling with issues like me, Go to a like a gastroenterologist like I intend to do. But this episode is hopefully geared towards kind of helping you understand if this is something that you should be more aware of or not. And even if you don't have like major gastrointestinal issues, a healthier gut will create a healthier you. So I'm also going to give you some great suggestions and tools and things that you can do so that you can be as healthy as possible from the inside out. So without further ado, how can you kind of know that like you're having gastro or gut issues? The first sign could be an upset stomach, right? So if you consistently deal with bloating or gas or constipation or diarrhea or heartburn, like all of these things can be a sign of an unhealthy gut. And it isn't like, oh, I occasionally get heartburn or I occasionally have bloating. Like this is something where you're consistently seeing this pop up. This is not normal. And I think we've normalized a lot of symptoms. I know I myself have normalized a lot of my symptoms. And I'm just like, this is just how I've always been. But just because it's how you've always been doesn't mean it's right. And it doesn't mean it's how you should be. And I know that that is like a fruit and a nugget that could be extrapolated into a whole other podcast. But we're focusing on guts today. So instead... I want you to realize that if you are kind of dealing with this or any of these things on a consistent basis, it is worth looking into a little bit deeper. It's worth considering that there might be something else going on. So basically, you know, a balanced gut will have less difficulty processing food and eliminating waste. And so if your gut is not as healthy, it's going to struggle working properly, right? We When I listed off all the things that are involved in a gut, if anything's not working correctly, you're going to struggle to process food. You're going to struggle to go to the bathroom. I'm not going to focus too much on the bathroom side of things because like that's not really my vibe of this episode or my vibe in general, but it does have to do with our guts and there's nothing wrong with that. So the second thing is if your diet overall consists of a lot of high sugar foods. I am not one to say foods are good or bad. I am not one to demonize food. Trust me, I love me some high sugar foods. But if that is what most of your diet consists of, this can definitely be an indicator that you're not getting the right nutrients to have the healthiest gut possible. And the problem with you know, more high sugar foods is that they can feed a lot of the not so great bacteria within our systems. So as much as you should enjoy eating those foods, the important thing is that there's balance there and that there are other foods that you're consuming that you're not just focusing on 
one type of food, right? So when I say like a high sugar diet, that means that you're not getting a lot of nutrients from much else. You're mainly eating processed foods. And at the end of the day, that's not going to make you feel your best. It's not a great way to honor and take care of your body. And it's something that can make a huge long-term change in your life if you shift it. So there's nothing wrong with those types of foods, but a diet solely focused on those types of food not ideal. For your best self, not ideal. The third sign could be unintentional weight changes. So kind of with an imbalanced gut, it can impair your body's sort of natural ability to absorb nutrients, regulate your blood sugar, and store fat. So weight loss may be caused by, you know, the small intestinal bacterial growth, while weight gain could be caused by insulin resistance. So there's sort of different things that can be happening. And if you're seeing these unintentional weight changes, not a major lifestyle shift, there could be something going on with your gut. There other thing that you can kind of see is if you are struggling with your sleep. So if you're constantly struggling to stay asleep or maybe during the day you feel like very fatigued, you can that can be an indication of an unhealthy gut. So the majority of the body's serotonin, which is a hormone that affects mood and sleep, is produced in the gut. So gut damage can impair your ability to sleep well. So again, That is why caring about our gut matters so much because it isn't just about our tummy. It isn't just about going to the bathroom. It's like it's affecting your sleep. It's affecting your hormones. It's affecting your stress. It's affecting how you regulate your emotions. There's so much going on within our body that starts within our gut. If you're seeing skin irritations like eczema, this can be a sign. Different autoimmune conditions can definitely be a sign. Or even like me, like food intolerances. This can be a sign that there's something going on within your kind of digestion system that is forcing your body to not process these foods well and to trigger responses like bloating or gas or pain or nausea or whatever. So these are just some like, Simple things that if anything stood out to you and you're like, ooh, I really deal with that or ooh, that really sounds like me. It's worth considering that maybe there might be going on, something going on with your gut specifically. So how do we, outside of these things, like how do we affect our gut? What affects our gut? So an unhealthy gut can be caused by infection. It can be caused by antibiotics that are killing off good bacteria while they're killing off the bad ones, right? over-the-counter drugs, a poor diet, lifestyle, stress, all of these things can contribute to the not most optimal gut. And the hard part is, is that as you're trying to sort of like heal your gut and make yourself feel better, a lot of the foods that make like that would heal your gut can actually be the most difficult to digest. I found that really interesting because it's like ultimately, if we eliminate them, our gut won't you know, it'll become weaker. But the key is to slowly introduce a lot of these different foods over time. And then you can increase your ability to digest them and you can get your gut essentially where it's supposed to be. There was a study done in 2018 by the American Society of Microbiology that looked at 11,000 people's gut microbiomes and their corresponding like eating questionnaire thing. And the team of researchers found that it turned out that the people who had the healthiest guts were generally people with 
um, who had eaten more than 30 different types of plants a week. A week. And I read that. And even as somebody who is a vegetarian, if you heard that little noise, that was Hobbes exploring and almost falling. Um, but 30 sounds like a lot. Even for somebody who like doesn't eat really any animal products except the occasional egg and dairy, 30 still seemed like a lot. But then as I continue to read on on this article on wellandgood.com, Basically, you know, it's kind of funny. People forget what a plant is. A plant can be a nut, a seed, a grain. It can be an herb or a spice. And it's not actually that hard as long as you don't eat the same thing every single day. So the diversity is a lot more important than if you were just a vegan or a vegetarian or a meat eater. So it's kind of thinking about how can I eat different things for each meal and then try and have some variety day to day. So If you're going to have a piece of whole grain toast and some sort of nut butter for breakfast, then you have a salad at lunch, and then you have a cauliflower pizza for dinner. You've essentially checked off, you know, a dozen different vegetables in less than 24 hours. But a lot of people get really regimented, or a lot of people are eating more processed foods that aren't including these natural plants in them. So we're not getting the 30 a week that we ideally should be. And I thought that that was kind of an interesting number to reference in regards to people who overall had the healthiest guts and the most diverse guts. Now I will say, I'm probably one of those people and I still don't have a healthy gut. I still have stuff going on within mine. It's probably because I'm eating certain things, probably dairy, that and other things I'm sure, that I shouldn't be and have been for so long that is contributing to this. I'm looking forward to having these things discovered and hopefully we'll do a future podcast episode about it, which will hold me accountable to actually doing it. You heard it here, 2020 goal. If I don't, you can call me out on it. But this is not like a one size fits all. Keep that in mind, right? Like as I'm reading this and as I'm saying this, this is more to be informative about your own internal health and helping you take initiative to understand what's going on inside your body, and you could be doing a lot of things right and still struggling with something, as I am currently seeing for myself. So that is why seeking the guidance of someone as a professional is so helpful and so important, because it can be a lot more complicated than like eat more fiber. And that was a beautiful segue, Cami. Great job. I want to touch on fiber for just a second. I think that you know, fiber has had its like play off and on within like the health and, you know, wellness world. But fiber is something that a lot of people don't get enough of. And the truth is a proper fiber diet literally kind of feeds and makes the bacteria like the good bacteria and helps our bodies. So our bodies kind of need this fiber to help digest food and process food and create healthier, you know, healthier intestinal walls and all these other things. And they can even um, be part of creating less inflammation within our body and digesting and all these other things. So if we're not getting enough fiber, that is contributing to a lot of the digestion issues that we're seeing. And most people on average are getting about 15 grams of fiber on a given day, when really the ideal amount is closer to 25 grams for women and 21 grams if you're over 50 for women and 38 grams for men and over 30 if you're over 50 for men. So men need more fiber than women. 
And most people on average are getting half of what they're supposed to. And if you think about getting half of what your body really needs, it's like being calorie deficient or nutrient deficient. Our body has a desire for these things because it knows that with them we function better. We are healthier, happier, everything's kind of working how it's supposed to be. And when you're receiving half of what you're supposed to be getting, it's only natural that you would start to see certain things break down the way they aren't supposed to. So I really encourage you to kind of pay attention to your fiber kind of intake. You can look up like what are things that are high in fiber. There's lots of fiber crackers and there's even fiber supplements if you're struggling. A lot of like whole foods have fiber in them, naturally occurring fiber. The skins of foods have a lot of fiber. So look into nuts, look into berries, look into like a lot of cruciferous vegetables. These things are much more fiber dense and will help you hit that amount. And if you're trying to get closer to that 30 plants in a week, you will naturally be eating a lot more fiber, which will naturally help you have a healthier gut. So what else can you do to create a healthier gut, right? You maybe are realizing, hmm, maybe not everything's working as properly as it should be. Well, how can I start to shift that? What can I do so that I can start having a healthier gut? The first thing and something I have talked about more than once is a probiotic. So a probiotic can be in a pill form. I do take a probiotic, but there are lots of a lot of naturally occurring probiotics if that is what you would prefer. So probiotic happen with like a lot of fermented foods like kimchi or yogurt or fresh sauerkraut. Oh, I love fresh sauerkraut with a little bit of avocado. Mm, it is such a good snack. And it's a naturally occurring probiotic. So if you're not somebody who's into pills, you can definitely get these naturally in foods. You just have to be intentional. It is important that you value and be intentional with your health and realize that there are different things that you can do to support your body in the best way possible. So eat more probiotics. Also, you want to feed these good bugs in your microbiome with prebiotics, right? Probiotics and prebiotics. Fairly easy to remember. So prebiotics are actually going to be things like Jerusalem artichokes, onions, garlic, and other kind of prebiotic foods that contain fibers our bodies don't digest. So you're kind of leaving the leftovers for the good gut bacteria to eat. And they also keep things moving. So this is something that is so essential for a healthy gut. So think about it as this, like you're getting all the benefits from these foods, you know, kind of nutrient-wise and all that good stuff. But then you're also, because there are certain fibers within these foods that your body cannot fully digest, they are available for your gut to process and feed itself. So you're constantly feeding good things to grow your good bacteria. That is the tricky part with a high sugar diet is the way that sugar processes in our body, it tends to feed the not so great microbiomes and within us. So You've kind of got to decide like, okay, if I'm going to feed one, then I got to make sure I'm feeding the other. And which one do I really want to win out in the end, right? It's all balance and it is sort of figuring out what works best for you. But it's also important to acknowledge that our bodies deserve to function as well as possible and we can make choices that support that or hinder that. So try and add in foods that are probiotic or prebiotic to support your gut in a much more natural way. So if you lessen the types of, you know, processed foods and things like that, then you're feeding a lot of these, or you're kind of starving out, quote, quote, more of these bad bacteria within your body. So 
amp up the prebiotics and probiotics, ease up a smidgy bit on some of your processed foods, and you will start to create a little healthier habitat within your gut. And a couple more things I think are really helpful and simple-ish in regards to creating a healthier gut is hydrating, drinking water. It's so helpful for us to drink water. We start to shut down in different ways when we're dehydrated. And so many people are dehydrated and chronically dehydrated. So if you start to get thirsty, you're way past dehydration level at that point. The thirst, the your body's kind of thirst indicator is like its last ditch effort to get you to drink water. Typically, we start to get more tired. We start to get headaches. We might start craving food. And oftentimes, we're really just thirsty. So your body is smart enough to try and cue you. But only when you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't drank water all day long. I need a glass of water. That is like your body saying, like slapping you across the face and being like, for the love, give me water. So if you struggle to drink water, one thing that I've found is drinking it with a straw is much more helpful and something I'm willing to grab more easily than like a big open mouth like top cap. So maybe keep a big water bottle at your desk with a straw in it. It's easy to just reach over, grab and sip. And if you're trying to figure out how much is a healthy amount or an ideal amount for you to be drinking, aim to drink half of your body weight in ounces. You weigh 100 pounds, 50 ounces right? Pretty simple math. Drinking more is awesome, but start there. That can be a lot for some people, especially if you're not actively trying to do this. So to even make it simpler, get like a 30 ounce water bottle that you have to drink at least two of or three of. So you know like, okay, I have to finish three of these today. And that means I'm getting half my body weight in ounces of water and that's enough. And you will know, holy crap, I'm only getting through one or I'm only getting through half. Like this is important to understand in regards to how we're helping or kind of hurting our body and supporting it in the ways that we should be. The last thing that you can do to sort of help with your gut health is minimize your stress. We are all so dang stressed out despite the fact that we have more convenience and more ease within our life than anybody previous to us has had. So we all need to take a freaking chill pill and realize that this chronic stress that so many people are living with is causing a lot of internal negative health side effects, right? If you think about how you feel when you're stressed, what happens when you're really stressed is your cortisol levels release and they get really high. And basically your cortisol levels are kind of indicating this fight or flight mode. And it's trying to help you respond to something because when you res- when you get really stressed and you're like, ah, I got to make a decision, your cortisol levels increase, the blood flow to your brain, you know, gets opened up or whatever. And you're, it's trying to help you make this decision quickly, fight or flight. But the problem is that when we operate in this chronic state and we constantly feel stressed out, then our body is constantly operating with these really high cortisol levels. So this can really increase anxiety and depression. It can really increase people who, it can inhibit people who are trying to lose weight because you can be doing everything right 
honestly. But if you are so stressed out, your body cannot relax enough to release the excess weight because it's just holding on to everything so tight because it's in this flight or flight mode and it doesn't know what to do but hold on to everything to try and keep you safe. So trying to figure out ways in which you can minimize stress. This can be through meditation. This can be through saying no to certain things that you might feel obligated to, but you realize like you don't actually need to say yes to. Focusing on your sleep, maybe kind of setting your phone away and not having it with you early in the morning or late at night. You know, using essential oils, taking baths. There are so many different things that you have the power to do to decrease the stress in your life and to help your body function properly, but you have to be willing to do it. And that is kind of what all these things ultimately boil down to, right? You can eat more probiotics, eat more prebiotics. You can starve out the bad bacteria. You can hydrate. You can minimize stress. But you have to choose to do this. You have to choose to believe that you are worth the effort of going to the doctor and understanding your body and its health, of choosing to eat foods or not eat foods that support your best self. There are things that we have the power to do, and we just have to decide if we're going to show up and feel worthy enough to do it. These things are uncomfortable, which is probably why I have put off going to the gastroenterologist for so long, because I really will be so sad if he tells me that I can't eat dairy anymore, right? Like that would just break my little heart. I probably still would eat some dairy. I'm just being real. But I would realize that ultimately... For my body to function at its best, it does not feel good that way. And I don't ultimately feel good that way. So even though I've created certain habits that feel easier, they're not the habits that will support the life that I ultimately want or the health that I ultimately want. So much of this health starts within, right? Not only from our minds, but also from our guts. And if you can kind of create an environment internally that is more positive and functioning more optimally, then you can then externally create the life that you ultimately want to. But these shifts have to start happening within. And these shifts can happen through simple actions of just starting to drink more water or working on adding more fiber foods to your diet or seeing if you can get 30 different types of plants in your diet in a week. And just have fun with it. Be curious about this. Learn about yourself and see what things could change. See what things could be improved. See what things you're doing a really darn good job at. And you can say, high five self. I've been killing it in regards to regulating my stress and creating healthy boundaries. But it looks like, you know, for convenience, I tend to eat a lot of processed foods and I get 10 plants a week rather than 30. This is interesting and helpful as you choose to move forward day to day. So I encourage you to kind of think about your gut health. Maybe just go see a gastroenterologist if you're wondering if some of these issues kind of could be more deeply rooted and just check in. It's important to have this conversation and an ongoing conversation to make sure that we're honoring our bodies and taking care of it to the best of our abilities. So I encourage you to take some time to think about this, to maybe add some of these habits in. I know I've talked about a lot of these different habits before too, so you know that it benefits you just beyond 
your gut, but starting with your gut is a great place to start and hopefully a great motivator. And I hope that you learned something new about kind of what's going on inside you and what might be causing some issues and how you can hopefully address them and fix them. And if you enjoyed this episode or feel like there might be somebody who you're like, "Mm, I know you got tummy issues, pop them over to this episode. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you have a couple seconds, rate and review this podcast, make sure you are subscribed and I will be talking to you so soon. Bye guys. Thank you.